Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 111. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Yo. And Alessio Yuri Boschetto. Hey. Hey, Yuri. Glad to have you back on the show. And boy, am I glad we're finally live on the show. Uh, we had a lot of build-up trying to get uh, on for this one, mostly on my end. But we're here. It's time for the episode. It's time to continue more of our discussion on the Series 7, the Crown Tundra DLC, and uh, all that good stuff. Um, and just a reminder for everyone that this is our uh, second episode for the week of October 26th. So we've got uh, two coming out this week. One's out already, and this one will be uh, later in the week for you. And um, first off, before we get into Players' Cup 2... And Series 7, just want to uh, mention for one last time on air here, is that is our shiny Zapdos giveaway. Um, uh, Again, this originally uh, came from a Gen 3 game, Leaf Green. It sits in my Emerald now, and uh, using the Emerald cloning glitch, I can make an unlimited amount for anybody, the community, you know? So uh, we just have that. We've had this uh, giveaway for the last week, and um, this is ongoing, and I'm just trying to get to everybody who wanted it. Uh, again, you can reach out to us too if you want uh, that shiny Zapdos. Um, and uh, of course, if you want to use uh, you know things to fix the stats and the nature and all that stuff, you can do that, including the ability patch, which may have an issue, which we'll talk about later. But um, shiny Zapdos giveaway still ongoing. And uh, for any of our going to do a little time bending here for any of you listeners who happen to be listening to this in the future, even though this episode may have been a long time ago. Um, please just reach out to us. We can uh, probably still get you that shiny Zapdos at some point. So that's our shiny Zapdos giveaway. Thanks to everyone who's uh, come out and uh, wanted to trade for that so far. And uh, Alex, Yuri, let's move on to uh, Players Cup Two. So uh, within the last recording of the within the last recording between episodes of the show, we uh, did not have Players Cup Two emails sent out, but now we do. And uh, we also have a posting online about the official Series Seven rules. First off, let's talk about the emails from uh tpci about players cup 2 um any notable changes about the uh, tournament upcoming anything notable about rules and we can talk about ratings too go for it yeah so uh it seems like this is uh very similar to the uh registration process from last time so far i don't think anything is different i think the process is a little bit smoother especially since i'm uh, more familiar with it from the last time and uh, they, they made some updates to the text just to make things a bit more clear. Like, I remember uh, a decent number of people were having trouble connecting their Battle Fee account to Arcanine Labs. Uh, but I haven't heard of anybody struggling to register this time. Not A lot less panic, which is uh, a good thing. Yeah, um, I didn't have to register last time, but it seems all pretty streamlined. Oh man, you're this nerd. And... I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh from what i remember from watching the previous players cup qualifiers uh it seems all pretty much the same uh just quicker to do because uh it's really approaching so how does it feel to be in the uh in this stage of the tournament with us peasants this time around feels really bad i want my uh top player privilege back well, but, yeah um, when you alex when you, you call know. them peasants of course <laughs> <laughs> Well, at the uh, at the time, I remember uh, Yuri saying the opposite, whether it was like on the show or something, or maybe on Twitter, uh, you had said that uh, you felt kind of missing out on the action as well. It's just like the practice, you know, just like getting your keeping your skills up. Um, is that an opinion that you do you did have back then and something that you still kind of think now or no? I mean, I would still miss it if I wasn't playing it. Um, but 
uh, at the same time, having to play it is, uh, you know, not uh, as good of a feeling as just waking up and not having to care. Um, mm-hmm. I would be... Um, last time, the big thing was uh, it was going on for three weeks. And when Players' Cup is going on, nobody, like, nobody organizes tournaments. This time it's only two weeks. Uh, that's like the main difference between the two Players' Cup uh, tournaments. Uh, other than the absence of the uh, Invitational. Uh, yeah. So it's, even if I had to miss it, I would not have minded because it's a shorter period of time. Yeah, I'm wondering how you two are feeling about, um, we've got the first day, that first day of the regional qualifier coming up in about a week here. And uh, you're going to be playing a lot if you go deep um, because they're, they're, you're going down to top 16 in each region there. So how are, all of, how are you two feeling about uh, just preparing for that day? you got about a week left. Yeah, I'm honestly uh, not too worried about that uh, length of time or the number of games. Uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to. I uh, I enjoyed having like tournament days in the past, and you know, for a regional, if I, when we were you know attending live events, uh, it, it, you were dedicating that whole day to Pokemon, and so I don't mind uh, dedicating like pretty much the whole day just to get battles done and progress further in the tournament. I think that aspect's a little bit more interesting. Uh, I do think some of the losers' runs are going to really drag especially for people that get knocked out in round one and try to fight their way back uh, to the second week. It's going to be a real grind, uh, especially since there's nothing guaranteed even after that first week. You could be, uh, you know, lose round one, win the rest of the week, and then just lose the first round of the, the next uh, the next week and just be done. So it's going to be a uh, real slog, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I just want to play some high-level VGC. That's uh, That's really what I've been missing. Yeah, I also don't, like, I'm not worried about the amount of games. Even in the worst case scenario, if I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm doing the math right, the maximum number of rounds that you would be playing on one day is nine. Pretty much the same as, uh, you know, the big major tournaments that we've definitely been missing, uh, with the circuit frozen up. Um, and I was used to that and I'd still, um, I'm pretty sure I have the mental stamina to do that. Uh, the main issue I have is uh, my sleep schedule, uh, which I'm going to have to fix for the tournament. Uh, but other than that, it's really not a big worry um, for like the amount of time to be dedicated to it. Yeah, I saw you mentioned that you wanted to play in the uh, NA one because the timing works better for you. And I'm thinking about it now. I've got a pretty, pretty degenerate sleep schedule as of late. So uh, oh, maybe I'll just see if I can take your spot in Europe and uh, <laughs> we'll just work that out. I don't know, it sounds like you two are both in uh, trouble there with the, the sleep schedules there. I mean, you need to somehow find a way to reverse them back. To that's actually, the, yeah, that's going to be the hardest it. part. That's going to be the hardest part. Yeah, of I've, I've done it in the past. I've done it in the past. I can do it. Uh, it's just uh, never a pleasant uh, experience to have to quickly reset a sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, quick story. My freshman year of college, I uh, you know accidentally flipped my sleep schedule. Um, the week before finals of my first semester there. So that was mm-hmm. rough. Um, that was a complete mistake. I didn't mean to do it, but it happened. And, uh, yep. that's something I never want to do again. So, um, maybe I'll go into more de- details in the future. But, uh, one other thing I want to talk about before we get into the, uh, some glitches here, um, just like some bugs in, uh, the Sword and Shield since Crown Tundra came out is the ratings. So our, uh, ratings from the pre-qualifier, trying to just discuss a little bit about some of the lowest rankings we do happen to know on some of the regions um 
Latin America, we don't have much information on. Oceana, uh, Yuri, you mentioned um, earlier before we started the show is that you've seen at least a score of 15-15 uh, qualify for the regional qualifier. And um, Alex, you can talk about North America here. Yeah, so uh, NA, we've, uh, just from all the Twitter conversations going on, it seems like we've pinpointed nearly the exact point where the uh, the cutoff is. And uh, it, I, I have a friend who I know has made it in at 1650, and then I saw somebody else on Twitter asking if uh, if any other 1649 ratings made it in, because they did not. And it, it seems to be just right at that point, somewhere between 1649 and 1650 is the uh is the cutoff and yuri it seemed like uh europe did not have um or at least there wasn't too much mention of where that score might be yeah not that i have seen at least uh not many people mentioned ratings uh or were asking around on twitter at least Mm -hmm. among the people that i follow uh so i honestly have no idea uh, what the rating needed for europe was it'd be nice if this was just like public information and not something we had to suss out on our own but Eh, whatever. It, it, it's it's not the the most important. Just like you know, you if you got that email, you know you're in. Uh, if you don't, and you really think you should have, definitely send in a support ticket. Uh, hopefully, you've already done that by this point. If you're listening to this and haven't done that already, you might be too late. Uh, but we'll just uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, I think it's interesting to note that the ratings went up. Uh, I think a lot of people had opinions all across the board. I guess is. Uh, to be fair, like people were thinking the ratings were going to be lower. People were worried they were going to be higher. Uh, after actually, like going before the tournament had started, before the qualifier, uh, the IC, if you want to call it that, online competition qualifier thing started, I was thinking they were going to be higher because everybody knew where the bar was last time. It was around 1646 or so. And people were going to be worried about that and make sure to finish above that. And uh, naturally, that would just push the number upward. But then. Uh, after actually playing in the tournament, I noticed that I was uh, a much higher placing than I was last time at a significantly lower rating. Uh, like I think I was in seventeen twenty or something or seventeen ten in the uh, in the first IC for Players Cup one, and this time I just stopped at sixteen eighty. And I feel like my global placements were not that far off. Like I was in the three hundreds in both tournaments. So. After seeing that, I had thought, okay, well, the the rating will be significantly lower. And it turns out to still be higher. It seems like a lot of people just, I guess, bunched up in that, like, ballpark uh, between 1650 and 1700, where they thought they were going to be safe, and uh, it just it just raised the number just, just a little bit. Yeah, that's very surprising. I actually didn't know that the ratings were higher, even, uh, for North America. But based on what you said, I had assume the ratings for Europe actually decrease, so there might be something to do with like the distribution of Europe versus North America compared to last time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to mention that this was a overall much smaller tournament. Uh, back then, the IC drew in a lot of uh, other players, just like casually playing, and uh, in this one, uh, the I don't know, just it seems like the the overall playing. Uh, overall number of players was a lot lower. I don't have the exact numbers on this, but I remember uh, people talking about this and saying that uh, the total. I believe I checked, and it was about twenty percent lower. So twenty percent low. Oh, okay, not not that that much then. Okay, so twenty hmm. percent is still a decent uh, cut, but yeah, just a just a smaller tournament in general, I guess. 
Yeah, a lot of uh, different smaller factors just playing in here is like uh, the like for the casuals, the in-game prizes like the ball guy shirts, one of those things uh, for, mm-hmm. the, for the one in May compared to this one, which was just BP and Players Cup 2 stuff. Um, also like Asia Pacific, most of the players in that region already knew going uh, going into this one that it did not matter for them. All they could do is just play for pride. So um, that was probably another drop in uh, attendance there for them or like, you know, just player attendance from them. Um, otherwise though, like, um, you know, the, the, it's weird with the ratings. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Probably the attendance had to do with just the overall, uh, player number had to do with it, but, um, you two made it into Players Cup too. So we'll uh, see you in the regional qualifiers next weekend on, uh, starting November 7th and, uh, day two will be, or day two of that tournament will be November 14th, but actually let's... that's important to mention, Steven, when will you see us? Uh, I don't oh, think oh, yeah. we... We don't know uh, when a uh, stream is going to be happening for this yet, do we? Uh, no, we have no idea. Um, at least last I checked. Yeah. Um, and that is pretty interesting, given that I'm pretty sure we had stream information at this point. Yes. Uh, for Players Cup One, I I, I, don't, I like have no doubt we we had the information by now. Uh, when the stream games are going to happen, I feel like we had it before the emails even went out, and so. Yeah, I'm. That's like I guess there's no confirmation, one hundred percent, that this is even going to be broadcasted or streamed at this stage. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, that's something that they are rethinking. Uh, I'm hoping not. I really do uh, hope that we get to see these games uh, streamed, even if it's not. Like I don't care if it's me or you know anybody else personally. I just want to like you know I want them to be advertising VGC. I want them to be showing the uh, games, especially this new format. It's going to be fun to watch. So uh, I'm really hoping that sometime within the next week we learn that stream information and that they have plans to air it. Of course, uh, if it's anything like last time, uh, we'll be playing over the next weekend after this episode is posted. But the uh, the matches will not be aired until during the week afterwards. I hope I hope they do have the stream. Like I'm really looking forward to it. I don't have much availability on the seventh to actually watch um, anyone who's streaming live that day. So um, hope there's something official from the company putting this on, and hope we get that info soon. So the next thing I want to talk about here is uh, Alex. Something you mentioned last time was about the legendary dogs Entei Raikou and Suicune, and uh, TPSI even put out a little uh, notice about this. How that there was an issue uh, banning them from being playable in Series 7 that has uh, since so far been fixed. Um, but there's also another bug that is uh, kind of happening right now in the game. So some of the uh, older gen Pokemon, or not older, just Pokemon coming from older gen games, um, I'm, I think. So from, what, 3 and 4? Maybe 5? 3 and 4 should be all. Okay, 3 and 4 um, for many of those cartridges games... Um, is that they are, there's an issue if you uh, add an ability patch, so you ch- switch their abilities to their hidden abilities, that um, that they are not playable on uh, using the Series 7 rule set. And, you know, they should be, because that is, that is technically legal for them to be able to do that. But there's just a bug that is flagging them as, uh, as illegal and that they're unplayable at this moment. So hopefully that is fixed soon. Important to mention that these are uh, older Pokemon that have been brought up and then... Uh changed with the battle ready symbol and then had their i don't know if the order of operations matters maybe that's something that's causing the issue um but yeah these are pokemon that have been brought up used the uh, battle ready mark and then the ability patch was also applied and so 
they're older gen Pokemon with the hidden ability, but they're perfectly legal. So yeah, it's it's a little strange, and hopefully that gets fixed in time for Players Cup. Otherwise, um, yeah, sadly, like that's uh, something that kind of applies to our shiny Zapdos giveaway, as we've been uh, mentioning on here. The uh, Zapdos Steven is brought up uh, from all those generations ago. That's a good point. If, uh, if you want to use static on it, uh, then you're gonna have to wait for an update uh, or just use it in uh casual battles with friends or wherever it's uh currently legal but it won't be vgc i guess series 7 legal until they uh put out some kind of update i think it's really funny that they need to patch the uh ability patch issue so ah, um, okay, it's got, okay it's gotta come out hopefully that comes out <laughs> soon before uh players cup too All right that yeah so uh that's that's actually something we talked about a bit off uh air is that i think they just need to like update their uh hack checker to like, it's not surprising to me that the ability patch is messing with everything because uh, it is really breaking all conventions of the, like, like legal Pokemon and stuff. Um, just the fact that you can have these older Pokemon with their hidden abilities is probably setting off, uh, like, a easy hack check that they had going where it's like, oh, if this Pokemon's brought up from Gen 3 uh, and it's a Zapdos, it definitely cannot have that hidden ability, like, uh, and they just need to go in there and, uh, correct that. Hopefully, hopefully it's done sooner than later. Yes, absolutely. So, um, that's mostly about the, uh, bugs and things that have, that have been happening, um, uh, in-game with the downloadable Series 7 rule set so far. So, let's, uh, actually talk about Series 7 and the metagame. What's, uh, hot and popping um, with the competitive Pokemon out there in the field. And uh, one thing I think uh, we briefly mentioned last time, but didn't get into too much details into, and I kind of want to start us off with this, is the Tapus. How um, we kind of, we made assumptions that they were going to get a lot of these Isle of Armor move tutor moves. They did not get some of the ones we wanted. For example, Rising Voltage on Coco, uh, Expanding Force on Tapu Lele, and say, for example, Flip Turn on Feeny. Um, which may or may not have been used, uh, may, may or may not have had room for. But um, let's just discuss the Tapus and their place in the metagame right now. And uh, I guess it's easy to just start with Bulu and just say it did not get access, access to Play Rough, it does not learn that um, move. So still has no physical fairy stab, and that really hurts it a lot. So um, you're pretty much going to be sticking with Rillaboom if you want Grassy Surge. Yeah, even if they uh, didn't give it play rough, I was still holding out for Grassy Glide. Uh, that is just one of the things that makes Rillaboom so incredibly viable, is having a very strong grass-type attack that it can uh, use to pick off threatening Pokemon. Um, the, premier, the premier one that I'm finding in this metagame that it uh, can be helpful against is uh, Regieleki. Uh, Regieleki uh, is a little bit on the frail side, and so if you can just get any little bit of, di- little bit of damage in it, uh, you can just often finish it off with a Grassy Glide, thanks to the priority uh when you're in terrain however bulu doesn't have anything like that um and uh, on top of that it has an extra typing that uh it doesn't get to use offensively really so it's just not a lot going for it i think it did get access to close combat now which is like a small treat you know it's just like bulu you can have something but really it's <laughs> it's really not been a kind uh generational shift to, for bulu yeah and just in regards of how um, it matches up versus threats compared to Rillaboom. Uh, defensively, the typing is mostly uh, a negative. Uh, being weak to Metagross is already a 
huge deal for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just in general, Rillaboom, uh, with the access to better moves, uh, not objectively better typing, but often better typing is just more versatile and just better in general. Yeah, I didn't even mention the fact that, uh, you know, Rillaboom's got access to fake out, U-turn, and uh, just that just all, like a bunch of things just add up to Rillaboom just being in a better spot uh, than Bulu, unfortunately. Bulu's just got like a little bit more attack and, uh, and extra typing that often ends up being <laughs> worse than it, than it would like. Um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of the other taboos that are uh, struggling. Um, I think Lele is another one worth mentioning. Just because uh, it didn't get access to expanding force, and so uh, as we kind of talked about briefly off air before this, uh, Indeedy might just end up being the better choice because um, you get access to that expanding force move, and uh, while you're not hitting as hard as Lele's uh, really incredible special attack stat, you are able to hit both of the opposing Pokemon for very reasonable damage because of that boost expanding force gets from being in terrain. And the uh, support that the uh, the other two can provide, whether it's uh, just being immune to ghost moves. Ghosts are pretty common uh, nowadays. And also not being weak to steel is nice with uh, how common Metagross is. And just hitting Metagross with a uh, psychic, like just being walled by Metagross with like psychic and fairy just doesn't feel great right now. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then uh, Tapu Koko is also uh, kind of struggling right now. People are using it, but... It seems, for the most part, um, outclassed in its uh, in its past role of uh, being annoying with Volt Switch and being able to switch around and uh, doing a bunch of damage each time by Regieleki, uh, the new legendary, which can Volt Switch for more damage um, by far since Tapu Koko uh, lost a bit of its, of its electric terrain boost uh, as it's 1.3 now, mm-hmm. whereas Regieleki, who has better special attack, has a better ability just on the offensive side for itself uh, with Transistor, which actually gives a 50% boost. And uh, it's also significantly faster and can speed some relevant threats that Tapu Koko, as fast as it is, is still slower than... Uh, like Dragapult, or uh, I've seen a few Feromosa around, all things that Tapu Koko is going to be slower than. It's funny that uh, Regieleki just kind of outdoes Coco in every way, uh, just being faster, stronger. Um, something that Coco had working against it in uh, past generations was that you would be able to switch in the other Tapus to turn off their ter- uh, turn off that electric terrain in Coco's boosts, and um, that still works for Coco, works against Coco. Uh, but Reggie Lucky, you can't switch into Tapu and turn off its uh, powerful boost. However, if uh, Electric Train does get set up, it can take advantage of it. It really just feels like Tapu Coco um, on steroids. Uh, of course, it doesn't have any kind of like fairy coverage to hit. Um, I don't know, some like the Dragon Pokemon, I guess, that resist Electric. Um, I don't think there's a ton of Garchomp in the metagame. Uh, this isn't quite 2017, but. Uh, it's still just Coco, I guess, has like a slightly better move pool, but in, ter- in terms of just like performing the fast electric type role, Reggie Alecki's got it outdone in a number of ways. Yeah, it's kind of sad in some ways. Like we were all poised to have a uh, Coco on a lot of our teams, like before we knew what Reggie Alecki was able to do, and just with the speed and the ability, what we what the ability actually does is uh you know really change things around like that. So um. 
you know, poor Coco, really. It's like, I, I really like that Pokemon and how it plays a lot, so uh, I'm probably going to like Regilecki when I get a chance to play with it. So, um, next, I guess, last one here of the Tapus is uh, Tapu Fini. Uh, so, we've got your Misty Terrain Setter. Very good in this format, uh, just with its typing. We've seen the same typing in Pre-Marina already. Um, and just the ability to, you know, reduce the Dragon-type moves, as well as, uh, more, probably more importantly, um, prevent any status on the field from anything grounded. So, um, really solid Pokemon. Yeah, what I found with Tapu Fini is uh, mainly just that that ability to stop status, and uh, thankfully, uh, I think just for like format de- de- degeneracy sake, that's like hardly even a phrase. But anyway, uh, I think it's just nice to have Finny uh, without a lot of competition. Uh, just the ability to stop Spore from Amoongus, to stop getting uh, Willowist on your physical attackers. Um, it can be really, really uh, consistent at doing that. And uh, Finny is just like strong enough in the metagame to uh, withstand anything, any of the uh, strong new attackers. It, it now has the option to Dynamax and actually turn itself into a bit of an offensive threat. Uh, it's just sitting in a good spot and it can do a number of different things with its uh, great move pool that hasn't really been changed, but doesn't need, doesn't need to be. It's still got so many... Uh, different options available to it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Fini is maybe surprisingly uh, the best Tapu uh, in the format, at least uh, tentatively. I doubt that my opinion on that will change. Uh, It's just well-positioned. It's not um, an amazing Pokemon that is uh, always going to beat a lot of the opposing team's Pokemon, but uh, it's almost always going to be able to do something, and um, most importantly, it's solid enough that most teams can just fit it in, uh, which is nice because teams having, um, you know, answers to status, uh, is in my opinion, always a healthy thing. Yeah. And like Finny is just a fair Pokemon. So, uh, whereas, uh, like, I don't know, some of the other, uh, Tapu's Coco and Lele sometimes felt like they could be a little bit aggressive, uh, push the game to be a little bit uh faster and uh a little more read heavy whereas Tapu Fini is very much supporting that defensive uh play style and that's something that I do like to see more of in VGC even if it's kind of a kind of harder with uh Dynamax in the uh the game now. Now uh there's uh there's a lot of other legendary pokemon uh to talk about and we'll get to them but I think we should just like lead off here with uh the one of the premier threats that is not a uh, legendary. I've actually, uh, we were talking again uh, off air while we were having uh, difficulties. And of all the Pokemon that have been added to the Crown Tundra, of course, legendaries are a big aspect of it. In terms of the non-legendary Pokemon, there's really one that shines and it shines above many of the legendaries. And that's Metagross. Metagross um, is kind of doing what it's been doing uh, even in like past years when it was able to like mega evolve. And that's just be a very strong uh, steel type that... Again, you can intimidate. Um, back then, uh, you could intimidate the Mega one, but it had that sheer, you no know, tough claws uh, ability to kind of uh, deal extra damage on top of that. Now it can stack a bil- uh, stack boosts with weakness policy. Weakness policy is an even better item, um, and its usual coverage moves in steel and uh, or not steel in um, ground and ice are again really strong into this metagame. Now running steel and ground coverage has just really really good for stacking defensive boosts 
Um, Metagross is just sitting in a really good spot, and it's a Pokemon that I think you'll be seeing a lot of in Players Cup and just like playing Series Seven going on from here. Yeah, it's just a Pokemon that is hard to knock out. Uh, is almost always going to be able to hit a fair amount of Pokemon on the opposing team and deal serious damage to them. A great Dynamax option. It's also pretty decent, even if it's not Dynamaxing. Just all around, really good Pokemon. Uh, and it's almost certainly going to be a staple for the duration of Series 7. Yeah, definitely agree with uh, both of your points there. You know, Metagross is solid, very solid Pokemon. Great ability, great stats, you know, is uh, deals great damage. You know, it's very bulky too. Um, good typing as well. Um, so really good coverage with all those moves. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, like we've been mentioning recently, is just how it uh, can, you know, kind of contend with Dragapult. Uh, as well. So Dragapult uh, likes to drop the stats of the defense or the attack of its uh, opponents when it hits with those max moves, but Metagross doesn't care because of the clear body. Um, and Metagross already has a high enough defense stat to kind of deal with that, and with your ice coverage, you can deal a ton of damage back to the uh, Dragapult too. Um, you know, Metagross is just a great Pokemon, you know, almost in every year it's been playable, so I'm not surprised to see it um, doing well here. Yeah, it's also got, uh, like we said, the move pool's really strong. It got access to, like, some new tools in Steel Roller, and I think that it also got, like, Psycho Cut. This is a funny one that I just want to mention because I learned it yesterday uh, while I was playing on Ladder. Uh, it has access to like a Psycho move that I can't miss. What's that? No, I like. I, I was saying I like that a lot. Like, it's a good option that you can choose if you want Zen Headbutt or Psycho Cut. And, like, uh, steel moves, like, you got everything. You got steel uh, steel roller, meteor mesh, or iron head, depending on what you want to run. And uh, and bullet punch, of course, if you uh, want to have some priority moves to use post-Dynamax or something. Uh, it's It's got a lot, a lot of options. Uh, it's got rock coverage if you're worried about fire types that, uh, or, like, flying types that can't be dealt with with ground and ice. Uh, so The only thing it's missing is uh, Aerial Ace, which it used to learn. Oh, God. Uh, I didn't even think about Metagross What a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's likely a good thing that it cannot uh, just opt to um, go way too speedy. Mm-hmm. Just for everyone's sake. So uh, while we're talking, on, while we're on the topic of like clear body and just like how strong of an ability it is, I, I of course want to mention some of the other top top threats in the metagame, and that is of course Reggie Rock, Reggie Ice, and Reggie Steel. Um, <laughs> I do think that one of these Pokemon has the potential to shine, and that's just from uh, seeing other people use it on ladder, and that is uh, Reggie Rock. Regirock is um, kind of funny right now, uh, just with 200 defense, it was given access to body press, and uh, as we've seen in a Dynamax format, clear body is really strong, so uh, I do think that Regirock has some potential. Uh, I haven't been able to unlock its potential myself, but uh, I think for uh, for VGC, it might be finally time to set up rocks. <laughs> I love it. Uh, speaking of body press, Stakateka also got access to that. Also has a very high defense stat. Uh, I think just a little bit higher than Regirocks. Um, it is, yeah. 211, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, only difference is that, you know, Stakateka gets beast boost. So, every KO you take, you're getting a beast boost into, I think you want to get in your defense now, more than likely, than attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Regirock is, uh, has clear body, which is still good, too. But uh, Psychic Attack is still very prominent uh, uh, Pokemon in the format, mainly because you got Glacier 2 plus a bunch of flying types roaming around. 
Something that uh, Stack Attack has working for it is that while Intimidate is still pretty common, uh, Intimidate doesn't exactly drop your uh, damage output when you're using Body Press. And um, if you have a defense boosting uh, beast boost on top of just clicking Max Steel based off of like Gyro Ball a lot, uh, your Stack Attack could end up at like plus four or plus five defense post Dynamax. And uh, at that point, Body Press is going to be doing so much damage, your defense is going to be like 800 or like even in the thousands uh if you get all the way to like plus six it's it's insane uh what this pokemon can do it's got a lot of uh a lot of options because it's uh of course got trick room itself it's just a very strong trick room sweeper uh it also just really um kind of dominates in trick room with respect to like speed tiers it is like the slowest pokemon by far there's nothing else really in the metagame that is outpacing it in Trick Room. So uh, Stack Attack is in a cool spot. Yeah, I've been personally uh, kind of a fan of Stack Attack in the little time that I've tested it. It's just, if you manage to find yourself in the position to max your Stack Attack in Trick Room uh, and just start going for skill specs and maybe get like one KO, uh, as soon as your max ends, uh, you kind of become even more unstoppable, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Uh, I remember at some point checking my Sakataka's defense stat and it was 964. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, body press, like there's nothing that's going to take a body press with that defense. Uh, even Pokemon that resist it are going to have trouble. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess like also just another side benefit that it has going for it uh like all of all of its max moves have just like strong benefit uh to it uh when you're running like gyro ball a rock move and body press is that you have options to click max knuckle if you need to go on the actual attack stat uh approach and then you have the uh max steel to boost your defense and then max rock um just boosting your spadef by setting up sand means that yeah this thing does not die it's really uh it's really funny just that I just don't think that Beast Boost was meant to be working, <laughs> meant to be used <laughs> with Dynamax. Uh, like all of these Ultra Beasts, uh, maybe not all, but a lot of the Ultra Beasts uh, can really do some crazy stuff with uh, Dynamax. Yeah, for sure. So I gotta ask, I gotta ask here about um, Defiant. Now we talked a lot about it with uh, Zapdos here, but what have you two seen from uh, Tornadus and Thunders uh, with that ability on them? Or are they running Prankster? What, I'm curious. Uh, so with Tornadus, it's definitely, uh, Prankster is the preferred one. I mean, uh, Prankster Tailwind for speed control is still as strong as it's ever been. Um, I think it's even stronger. It, it, the format plays not exactly like a restricted format. Uh, it's definitely a little bit more defensive than that. But, uh, you know, setting up Tailwind for your very hard-hitting Dynamax threats, uh, can be very potent. And uh, Tornadus still has a decent support move pool, so that's pretty awesome for it. And uh, as for Thunderous, I've mostly seen Defiant, and I'm of the opinion that I think Thunderous is the best Defiant Pokemon, uh, as well as like just best uh, counter Intimidate. I am not huge on Articuno and Zapdos and their Galar forms. Uh, they they're okay, but it's just Thunderous is the real Pokemon that can uh, make it hard to switch in your Intimidate, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Um, the first few times that I saw the Fire Thunderous, I was like caught off guard and was like, okay, this is probably not that good. And then at some point I started getting used to it and I was still realizing that it was a pretty big threat in a lot of situations. 
Um, just, and probably, yeah, I agree with uh, it being probably the best anti-intimidate. Articuno, I don't think, is really good. Galarian Zapdos, I think, is actually pretty decent, but overall, um, maybe outclassed by Thunderous. The main thing is that Thunderous has the Electric-type competition of um, the likes of, for example, Regieleki, uh, but still, uh, it's not like Galarian Zapdos doesn't have competition from flying types. So Thunderous is just nice because uh, it is an Airstream bot that resists uh, other Airstreams, like, uh, which is actually quite the opposite for Zapdos. Normally, if you're yeah. getting into some Airstream wars, you might be hitting the partners, you might be hitting each other for like neutral damage. Uh, but yeah, Zapdos being weak to Airstream uh, makes it very hard for it to uh, just keep Airstreaming in the face of uh, an opposing flyer. And yeah, I, I think that Thunderous just really enjoys using that electric typing, not just defensively, but also offensively with the number of flying type Pokemon prevalent in the metagame. I think Thunderous would even be stronger uh, if Players Cup 2 was a uh, closed team sheet format, just because it has that option to switch up, switch it up and be Prankster. Uh, it now has access to like Eerie Impulse, which is a, a really good move for shutting down special attackers. Uh, I have been cut off guard by that as well. And that really annoys me because I'm also like very expectant of the Defiant one at this point. And so when I think my special attacker might be safe and I just get my special attack stat dropped two stages and I Dynamaxed, I'm like, well, this was a complete waste. Obviously, that won't be a problem for Players Cup 2. Uh, it, I mean, I assume. I don't know if we have gotten confirmation that there will be. I think we have. I believe we have. Okay. So then we'll have like open team sheets and uh, open information. And so you won't get caught off guard by that as much because you'll be able to see the ability on the team sheet as well as the moves. But uh, in a format like a, you know, if, like a live event regional um, or just laddering, uh, not knowing whether the Thunderous is Prankster or Defiant can really, really mess you up. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think um, it's really good that we have team sheets for Players Cup 2 simply because we really don't have that much time to get adjusted to all the new options from old Pokemon or the new Pokemon, mm -hmm. and just not having to guess uh, with maybe not have while well, maybe not having all the information about what the options even are, actually being able to know is uh, going to be a good thing, I think. Um, so, Stephen, I want to go ahead and bring us back to the uh, the Ultra Beasts and just talk about a, um, a couple more of them because they're. Well, I mentioned that the Ultra Beasts are really insane with Dynamax. There's really only um, a few that have been shining in the metagame so far. I know that we're still in the early days of the metagame, and there's still a lot of new toy syndrome. A lot of people are just trying out those new Pokemon. But uh, the Ultra Beasts that I've been seeing uh, do well are like Kartana, uh, Stack Attacka, and then occasionally Celesteela. But other than that, the rest of them uh, are not quite Dynamax sweepers. Um, Blacephalon has been used on like some gimmick teams with like colossal uh i know i was personally trying that out uh just for some fun um using nice, mind blown nice. next to steam engine is really funny to get plus six speed but you don't get the weakness policy boost so maybe not the hottest strategy um and then uh i don't know i have not seen like much from nagana adele uh guzzlord i have not seen zirkatry or buzzwall uh Feromosa has uh some new fun options like coaching uh available to it as on top of still having like speed swap uh i've seen like coaching speed swap used onto glacier the ice horse 
and that can be a nightmare to deal with. And then uh, Neo Lego, I still think will be okay, but I have not seen much from it. But Cartana and Celestia, I think, are the the two that should also be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, oh, go ahead, um, Yuri. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, all I was just gonna say is, uh, for Cartana, you know, it's still got some lightning, you know, blazing fast speed. Um, it's got incredibly can high. You say attack that and... when it's like half of Regieleki's speed. <laughs> I, th- I still think yes because uh, Regieleki is kind of sitting up there by itself and then Dragapult right so Cartana is still fast uh, you know a lot faster than a lot of the other stuff in the metagame and just deals a ton of damage even if you're not getting KOs like you're chipping them down back not not even chipping they're going down to like eight or 20% 10% left of their health it's got really good coverage you know got aerial ace for uh, the flying max flying uh, speed boost for you and your teammates and um it's going to be strong against things like Tapufini, uh, Stagataka, uh, other Pokemon out there that are pretty common. So Stagataka stacks beast boosts, pun intended, um, in a little bit more of a uh, funny way than Kartana. You know, the the defense boosts from Gyro Ball uh, just lead to you clicking body press afterwards for a, a big sweep. But if you ever have a Pokemon that's low enough health that it's in... Uh, max fighting rage from Kartana, you're not in for a good time. Uh, Kartana is not just getting um, a plus one from a beast boost, is getting a plus one from the max knuckle, and then Kartana's all of a sudden plus two. Not to mention that if your Kartana is in, or if your Pokemon is in range of a max flying from Kartana, Kartana now gets a plus one speed and a plus one attack on top of clicking a one, you know, 110, 130, I don't remember the base power of max aerial ace. Um, 110. But uh, it's clicking a 110 base pa- base power flying move into your Pokemon uh, to set up a Dragon Dance. And then uh, there's also just Max Grass uh, turning off terrain and uh, giving it a further uh, power increase. And then Max Steel is available to it to increase its defenses. And then uh, something that uh, I think Kartana really has going for it right now is uh, just Sacred Sword. Uh, it's a move that uh, was solid enough in the the old days. It was always its go-to fighting move. Uh, I think maybe just because it's its strongest option. But uh, that side effect of ignoring defense boosts can mean that uh, it often wins the 1v1 against Metagross, who is just stacking defense boosts, and uh, you get to completely ignore them uh, with uh, while also still taking advantage of like your boosted attack stat that you might have gotten from uh, Beast Boost. It's, uh, it's a really insane Pokemon. Yeah, um... I have mostly the same opinions on uh, the Ultra Beasts. The only difference is I'm slightly less convinced by Cartana. I like it a lot, in theory, in the practice I've had with it. It seems like uh, it doesn't really work um, super well a lot of the time, but it's clearly like still a good Pokemon that is going to be used. It's just I'm not convinced uh, it's going to be great. Uh, and... Um, I am maybe a bit more convinced by Celesteela in the sense that I think if Celesteela manages to get uh, defensive boosts, either thanks to Beast Boost or its partners or its own Dynamax, uh, it can become like pretty much impenetrable and just win the game without even caring about what's happening uh, in an even stronger fashion than it could sometimes in, uh, say, 2017 when the Arcanine was down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Not easy to set up those situations for it, but I think it's a very strong win condition Pokemon. And for the rest, I mostly agree. Zerkitry losing Tail Glow pretty much makes it absolutely useless. 
Um, I've seen Nihiligo with uh, Power Herb Meteor Beam, which is an interesting oh set. Gosh. But it seems uh, like if you get off the Power Beam, the Power Herb Meteor Beam, it's actually incredibly strong. But it's probably not super well positioned to do that most of the time. That uh, yeah, I guess that's a fun new option for Nihiligo as well as just giving it a uh, strong max move. Actually, I'm not even sure. I have Showdown open. It is stronger. It is stronger yes, than Power the Gem. Base move is 140, so it be- it becomes 140 as max as well, yeah. uh, as opposed to 130. Yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty cool option that Nihiligo's got, especially with uh, it. It doesn't have the absolute strongest move pool uh it lost access to hp ice which is a move that it would often run uh it still of course has access to trick room being just a fun option on it whether you want to uh surprise those tailwind teams or reverse a trick room team um it, i think it can be really good um but yeah celesteela it just learns every move under the sun uh like it, it's got max flare it's got max ground max steel of course uh it's got like stone edge uh if you want uh, it's, uh, it's one of the Pokemon that can do really crazy stuff with Airstream, uh, though it's not like the fastest, you know, it's not going to be outspeeding much after a plus one Airstream. Um, it might be able to pick up a special attack boost along the way, uh, in contrast to Cartana just picking up an attack boost. Um, and I think that's something that's really cool about Celesteela this time around. Uh, Air Slash is just something we might see a bit more on it because it has that option and... Uh, also, while we're on the topic of Celesteela and how you mentioned it can just stack defense defense boosts and then become unkillable thanks to, like, Leech Seed, um, I think we should briefly mention that uh, as we, like, were just about to start recording this, they uh, redropped the Series 7 rules, which didn't um, give us anything too new and exciting, uh, except that the, uh, the, t- the in-game time has been uh, confirmed to be 20 minutes once again. They, uh, I think we learned this when the rules were in-game already. But uh, it's just important to note that like we, I think we're joking about it that when uh, they changed it to 15 that, oh, maybe they did this because they are bringing back Celesteela and they never want to see Celesteela from like Gen 7 again. <laughs> Uh, and it really might be the case again where uh, Celesteela can just uh, leech seed, leech seed, and just stall out games. It would not have been able to, not have been able to do that as successfully in a 15-minute timer uh, format. So uh, 20 minutes is definitely beneficial to Yeah, but in a 20 it. minute, it's, it's going to be able to sometimes. Not all the time, but yeah, um, it's an option that it actually has. Yeah, we'll see how it uh, really plays out with the, uh, I guess, hybrid timer now, since there is the... Uh, Battle timer of 20 minutes, your time as well, um, because we've only seen it with the external timer, and you can just keep clicking your moves uh, pretty endlessly until you get to those plus three turns or whatever that we've seen in uh, back in Gen 7 metas. So, um, Celestia looking primed here to uh, be okay, be an okay mon. What, what do I want to go from here? I just wanted to uh, talk about something, the uh, ability patch being used on some of those uh, fossil Pokemon we've got. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the fossils. Um, so yeah, it seems to be just uh, Dracozolt and Dracovish. Uh, I've actually fought uh, just one guy on ladder using Arctozolt uh, religiously um, <laughs> with like nine tails to set hail because uh, it now gets access to uh, Slush Rush. Never seeing Arctivish though. But yeah, I think the the premier ones that people need to look out for are Dracovish and uh, Dracozolt. Um, I'm still not certain that, uh, sand is the best way to go for them. Like, I do think, uh, Tailwind teams, like, uh, we saw, um, Alex Gomez use in, uh, the kickoff invitational for Players Cup 1, 
is still something that can be really strong for Dracovish, just allowing it to use... Did he have choice ban on that team? I think he still had choice scarf. Um, but I just like having the strong jaw as a consistent boost on it. And um, if you do run, get greedy and run choice band, uh, giving it speed control just means that you can do so much damage. Um, I do think it's very important to note, though, that thanks to uh, Sand Rush, a jolly max speed Dracovish can outspeed Timid Regilucky by uh, like one point. So uh, <laughs> it, it's just like, so I know that's some like boring number stuff for uh, people that are just listening here, but it's important because like uh, that just means all you have to do is set up sand for your Dracovish to just completely delete their fastest uh, Regilucky, uh, assuming it's not running something stupid like Choice Scarf. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Regilucky can be one of the most annoying Pokemon in the format because you can't just outspeed it with uh, without some uh, speed control and just having a... Uh, a silly little Dracovish just delete it is really nice. Yeah, I I personally think uh, Sand Dracovish is interesting the, uh, because the big thing was uh, usually before you would mostly run Choice Scarf on it. Uh, realistically, there were Choice Band sets, but they were way rarer, mm-hmm. even in Tailwind teams. Um, whereas now you could actually afford to run uh, not even Choice Band, but Life Orb. Uh, you would be slightly less strong than, you know, a strong jaw Dracovish, but you would still have a lot of raw power, uh, while being able to be a Dracovish that can actually protect, which is kind of important in my opinion. Uh, it makes Dracovish actually be able to play a positioning game in certain situations. I think the main thing that, um, stops it from actually doing this effectively is I'm not convinced Tyranitar is that good or that you want to be uh, playing the combo itself. Um, mm-hmm. In, for example, a previous format, like before all these Pokemon were legal, if you just gave Sand Rush to Dracovish, I would think that's actually a very interesting uh, Pokemon to be running in Sand. Now, it, I'm a bit more doubtful about that. It seems like uh, Sun is a little bit less common. Um, I don't know if it'll make a resurgence or not, but uh, it is nice that Sand has a little bit less com- uh, competition. Of course, Hail being nearly non-existent, and uh, not a lot of people are trying to set up Rain. So uh, it's nice that you can just have this almost guaranteed speed control. Uh, of course, Tailwind teams will contest it. But uh, yeah, that is cool. Dracovish can protect. Uh, I think that the things stopping it are uh, like Amoongus as well. Like Amoongus just being a pretty common redirection Pokemon uh, means that not only is it resisting your uh, your water type move, but if it's rage powdering, it's, you're not even getting the double time uh, double boost from Ficious Rend, making it a bit harder to use. Um, Tyranitar, I have mixed feelings on. I don't think it's a bad Pokemon into a metagame with so many flying types. Uh, I also think it's really nice that it uh, walls Moltres, uh, seeing as Moltres really only gets access to flying and dark moves. Um, and I don't think it'll be running a lot of ancient power, though maybe we're running ancient power Moltres so we can max it to support the Dracovish. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that um, I think that Tyranitar is in an okay place in the metagame. Uh, maybe not going to be able to perform the role that it did in past metagames. Maybe just bit of more of a uh, support set. It's still got a lot of. Like, it's got a deep move pool. There's some cool options in there. You can use Assurance. Um, you can run, like, those Focus Sash sets that uh, people were trying uh, in, like, different uh, series uh, earlier in the year. Uh, so I think Sand is cool. I think Sand is cool. I think Drake of Vish is the cool one, uh, in my opinion. Drake of Zolt is probably okay. It's just that Drake of Vish supporting 
a physically oriented team by getting rid of the two Intimidate Mons in Incineroar and Landorus can be really helpful. Yeah, I personally don't imagine uh, Sandrush Strikazole to get any relevancy at all. It, it can delete the flying types again, which is nice, but... But you have your rock type. You have your rock type, and uh, also it can't even delete uh, Regieleki, I 100%, I bet, just because you probably need like a choice band to do that, and yeah, Dracovish just does that a lot safer. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, at least uh, for Dracovish, too, you gotta, you gotta figure out whether you want to... Um, you know, switch to Sand Rush and, you know, go for Bolt Beaks, which is nice and good damage there. But, uh, you know, Hustle synergizes really well with Dynamax because your moves don't miss and you're getting like the 50% attack boost. So uh, it's kind of a debate there whether you want what what you want to do with the Drake Um, Even then, like, it's still not going to, I don't know if it's going to be too great in this format. Um, one thing I want to ask about here because I don't play any Showdown and so I don't really know. Um, What's uh what's kind of become of Togekiss with all these changes? So I would... in all honesty, oh go ahead. I don't have much to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't really have that much to say either. I have barely seen any Togekiss at all, mm-hmm. and I can see why. That as a redirector, I don't really don't think you want to be weak to electric right now, um, which is a huge thing uh, that's stopping it from performing a defensive role offensively. I'm not sure it's just uh, that strong anymore. It's It would still like be doing good damage, but there's a lot more options to be running Stab Airstream now, whereas it used to be Togekiss and very little else. So it just seems like it's super strong position in the metagame as a Pokemon that could both function as a very strong redirector and a strong offensive threat is kind of reduced in both of those aspects. Not to mention that uh, we've got access to a lot of new steel types. Uh, it's just tough oh, yeah. when uh, you can't cover all of them. I know that a lot of uh, Togekiss used to run Babiri Berry, but um, just covering all of these different steel types on all fronts uh, is a little bit tough when there's like Celesteel, uh, Kartana, Metagross, Stack Attack, uh, Heatran. Uh, like it, it, on top of it being like an Airstream Pokemon that's a lot slower than the rest, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be able to win those fights. So, uh, I think it's still a very strong Pokemon. I, I honestly think that uh, we'll see a bit of a comeback from it. I don't think it'll have the presence that it had in, the, I guess, pretty much the rest of this year. Uh, so, it is a little bit weird to see it drop so far. Um, but, yeah, I, think, I still think there's a couple of uh, new Pokemon that we should uh, touch on here before we... Uh, before we wrap up here, um, and that's like Heatran. Heatran's like a, another steel type that is, I think, middling. Um, it, it's tough to be weak to ground in a format that has a lot of uh, Max Quake, uh, whether it's from a Landorus or from a Metagross. Uh, I, I feel like Heatran's typing is a little bit iffy right now, and I guess, as we've talked about earlier, Finny is also very common, and it gives Heatran a bit of a tough time. Heatran did get access to a lot of new fun toys, though. It, it got Body Press. It got Burning Jealousy. Um, you know, Max Steel boosts uh, increase the damage that it can do with Body Press. Um, it still has access to Earth Power, so it's uh, got good coverage. Um, I think it's a decent Pokemon. It just, I think, is a little bit harder to position than Metagross, and so that's why a lot of people are clinging to Metagross as opposed to Heatran. Yeah, I pretty much agree with uh, everything you said. And just like a lot of the, uh, 
ice types that you'd want to use it for are grass types. They also have access to ground moves. Um, there's like Mammoth Swine, Glacier also learns uh, ground move to ground moves too. So and close combat. So Heatran, um, despite having you know good ability and good typing, um, you know may just the grounds are too much for it. Like it's a very common move, good uh, effect too with the special defense boost. So uh, another one that I wanted to mention is like uh, Zapdos. Uh, Zapdos, you know, it it was expected to be really good, and I still think it's got a lot of potential. But it um, it losing Tailwind has just been so huge for it. Uh, it does still have access to Roost, which is something that the other uh, Galar birds, I guess, are uh, missing. Uh, but it just it feels a little bit harder to use this Pokemon uh, when it can't be your speed control Pokemon and. Um, it's been okay. Like, I think it's going to be a good Pokemon. Um, electric flying is like really good typing right now. And it's a bit bulkier than thunderous. Uh, it did get access to hurricane. It doesn't have access to air slash. So like, if you want to use it for that potent max flying, which of course, as we've said several times, is probably the best, uh, maxed move. Uh, you have to run Hurricane, which, uh, unless you're running rain, uh, is going to be a little bit shaky on the accuracy side. Yeah, um, it can be a bit shaky, but overall it seems like a pretty potent Pokemon. It's got one of the strongest airstreams, like Thunderous, it resists opposing airstreams, and it's decently fast, so um, it's a pretty good threat. It also gets access to Heat Wave, which is a nice coverage move uh, as a max move versus Metagross, uh, assuming it is in a range where you can actually KO it, because otherwise you are getting in trouble, but it's a nice situational move to have. Yeah, and uh, one of the other things I want to mention is that, um, you know, some of our premier Trick Room setters throughout uh, this format, Thusclops and Porygon 2, nothing uh, I've seen so far has really changed that aspect. So there's still uh, very bulky Pokemon that can set up Trick Room, support the team, and... Um, you know, have that Eviel light on them. So they're still around and do uh, do their roles really well. Yeah, Cresselia didn't quite push those two Pokemon out. Uh, I think it probably is just that they have that incredible bulk uh, as well as like, I don't know. I think it's just that the, the unique things that Porygon 2 and Dusclops do uh, cannot be quite matched by Cresselia. Um, it's not so much that Cresselia can't be the bulky Trick Room setter. It's just that oftentimes the other two Pokemon will be that and more. Um, whereas like Porygon 2 is going to be able to hit hard and, you know, prevent itself from dying with that recover. Uh, the Dusclops has the like really nice speed tier uh, on top of like Pain Split being a damaging healing move. Um, and uh, it has so many other options, uh, Dusclops. Like it's got a pretty wide move pool. Of course, Crest doesn't have a poor move pool. It's just, it feels like, choosing and i guess dusclops is that fake out immunity is another thing that's going for it um even though it does share like a ghost and dark weakness uh with cresselia it just cress can be faked out dusclops can't like there's just a lot of like small things that work against cresselia where in the end i feel like i'm going to be better off choosing one of the two uh ev light setters yeah and i think it's also worth mentioning that dusclops specifically got kind of a new toy in the form of glastrier um because it pairs up well with it. Uh, it's a very good new friend. Uh, weakness policy. Clasture I've seen around with Rock Tomb. Mm -hmm. uh, Dusclops is just like a very strong combo. Um, 
your Trick Room Sweeper gets boosts, defense boosts on your uh, Trick Room Setter, which can heal itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, uh, having a weakness policy makes it so that one of the annoying things for Glassfear could be, in theory, uh, Intimidate Spam. But if you manage to you know, be plus one after an Intimidate and then get a Chilling Nade boost, uh, chilling you're nade. still going to be set and not care. I love these nays. <laughs> such a great ability name. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Also known as Moxie. Yeah, I know. It, it is just glorified Moxie. It's, it's really funny. Uh, uh, and then what's the other one? It's Grim Nay. Oh, yeah. So that's, good. That's a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> They're great names, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I so I guess um, before we uh, move on here, um, is there any other like just opinions on the format like i guess me and yuri will have like a bit more uh opinions based on like our experience from playing it and then steven i'm curious if there's any like opinions you have uh that or like theories that you have about what's uh what's to come in this metagame uh one that i'll put out is a pokemon we haven't talked about uh yet on here uh in this episode but i mentioned in the past entei i've uh, actually got to practice a bit with it and uh, it seems like a really solid supporter. Um, it, what it's doing is like often clicking bulldoze next to Metagross, but it's immune to fake out uh, thanks to that inner focus. And uh, it's also immune to intimidate on top of that. It's just really neat that it has both of those things going for it. It's got access to extreme speed now without uh, an event or anything. So, so nice. It's, it's just got like solid options. Uh, Sacred Fire, like being able to burn some of the annoying attackers if they're not in Misty Terrain. Like Landorus, you know, if you are worried about that Landorus, just burn it half the time. Um, if you don't miss, man, I feel like I miss Sacred Fire so much. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really uh, solid Pokemon. Um, if you, you know, already have like a Landorus to cover the Intimidate front and you don't need like an Incineroar, I think that Entei can do some neat stuff. What I want to add to that really quick is that with Inner Focus, not only are you um, ignoring the Intimidate, ignoring Fake Out, but uh, just flinching in general. So Rock Slide, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, flinching, same with Fiery Wrath, Air Slash, any of those. That's true. That's true. There's a lot of security with this mod. Yeah. Um, also, just just in general, Sacred Fire is an incredible utility move. You can, in some situations, you could realistically even win versus an opponent's in Metagross, but if you get lucky with the Sacred Fire roll and burn it, or just, you know, support your own Metagross in beating it, because otherwise with the Bolos, you would just set up both mm-hmm, weakness mm-hmm. policies. Um, you know, it's just a move that comes in handy. It's got a decent move pool, too, uh, with, like, uh, Snarl, Stone Edge. Um, I think it gets Stomping Yeah, Snarl is pretty huge, too. Uh, like, it's, it's got some stuff. Anyway, uh, is there any, like... Uh, hot take or like even just mildly hot take that you've got uh for the format yuri uh but things are gonna be good not really no okay okay uh any pokemon that you've liked that you don't mind just like uh mentioning here uh not like a i don't want you to have to drop any of your secrets for players cup too but is there anything just uh that we haven't mentioned in the podcast already that you've been enjoying it's mostly things we've mentioned. Things that, are, that I've liked a lot are like Stakataka, Fini, mm-hmm. and obviously Metagross, the big boy. Um, and uh, Regilaki is also... I used to really like uh, Volt Switch Spam with Tapu Koko back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And Regilaki does that really well, uh, even here. So 
Yeah, I think a decent bit of the format will come down to choosing your steel type, because uh, like Metagross and Stack Attack, I just don't feel like they have the most synergy, but they're both very good Pokemon, uh, as well as just like there's being Kartana, Heatran, I've, I've mentioned all the steel types now, we've got a lot of options on top of like all the old options that we had, like Excadrill doesn't seem too bad into the format now, uh, and then we have like a, a guess in the race, I don't know, we haven't been seeing a lot of it, but... Uh, we can talk more about uh, that in the future. Steven, do you have any uh, any like theories or things that you think might be promising in the Series 7 metagame um, that you haven't uh, yet mentioned? I haven't even had a chance to um, play in the Crown Tundra yet. You know, just been uh, busy with stuff, so didn't even get a chance to play. I also don't really have any motivation to uh, team build or practice or play right now because I didn't make Players Cup 2, so that's fine. Um so I haven't really thought about the uh, metagame too much here, but um, I just love, you know, hearing these ideas about these Pokemon and what may or may not be strong. So I'm uh, not going to throw any takes out here uh, yet. Oh, come on. Give us something. Okay, um, I'll go with uh, Salamence then. Uh, oh, yeah, Salam- we haven't mentioned Salamence yet. Oh, that's a Pokemon. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Salamence. Like, it's got Intimidate, so that's uh something that's okay. Um. You got strong flying. You got strong flying moves. Like I don't know what to think of it with all the intimidate hate right now. So it got dual um, wing beat. Yeah, that's the thing. You can run that if you don't want to run a uh, fly here. Um, you can run special or physical. You can uh, run Moxie as well. You know, I I've think seen a Moxie lot of these. is good on it. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Like uh, you can just like with Gyarados, you can get uh, air streams if you get KOs. It's like uh, using that a uh, damaging Dragon Dance, right? So. Mm. Um, I think there are there are smart ways you can play around with Salamence. You know, it being uh, one of our former mascots of the show, I it's also a Pokemon I really like, and uh, I love the any sort of ability that lets you boost your own uh, attacking stats. So, like we've been saying, Moxie, Beast Boost, Chilling Nay. There's a ton of them now. <laughs> Grim Nay too for special attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I think the meta game. Uh, oh, actually, one last. Um... Just a, a light opinion from you, Yuri, since you've played it. Do you like the format or not? This is very early, but I'm curious. Um, I'm not going to go and say that I like it. I think it's significantly better than Series 6 and probably one of the best that we got this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm still not a big fan of Dynamax, but yeah. there's a lot of uh, things that are in this format that I like more than uh, in the past. Uh, about how it's playing so far, especially I'm surprised that like it's for an early it's for an early format. It's not as offensive as you would imagine because most of the time when a format just came out, you see all the generate stuff and it's all super offensive. It's not quite like that so far. There's a lot of offense, but a lot of it is uh, you know uh, composed of Pokemon that are also bulky anyway, even though they're offensive, and so the matches play out. Uh, with some leeway for switching and, uh, you know, adjusting. Uh, I think if we didn't have Dynamax, this would probably be one of my favorite formats ever, but gotta deal with it. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> right? I think that's pretty much, I share that exact opinion. I, I think that this format is, I actually am liking it so far. Uh, I do think that this would be a very strong format uh, without Dynamax. There'd be a lot of... Uh, just interesting stuff to play around with having access to all these Pokemon again. Um, I, I think it would have been so cool, but I, we'll have to see if Dynamax sticks around for the long <laughs> run or if we have to uh, 
or if we're on like our last legs with it, I doubt it, but uh, maybe series eight, maybe, maybe series eight, eight. <laughs> or somewhere uh, down maybe, the line. Like there's a chance like they may remove this uh, mechanic in the future for like future series or something. Um, but as it's like their staple mechanic for the generation, I feel like it's going to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, I think if we get to play a world championship during this generation, uh, it will have Dynamax. That's that's just like how it is. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I, but other than that, like I do think the meta game is actually uh, pretty fun. I'm I'm having a good time playing it. Uh, I don't know if that will last longer than uh, a couple of weeks. Hopefully, this <laughs> this carries me through the Players Cup, uh, and I am having a good time during all that. But uh, until then, uh, I guess we'll just have to see. It, I think it's a decent enough format. Yeah, I agree. Nice. And I think that um, the this is just super cool with some of these returning Pokemon, especially all these legendaries, because we never had them in uh, Gen 8 yet. So this is the first time we're seeing them in formats with Dynamax as well as the dynamic speed change. So it's been fun to incorporate them into the strategies and just um, things we've been doing so far with uh, Gen 8. So it's been a... Uh, Interesting first few days here. And I think uh, with that, we're going to close up uh, shop here for this episode for this show. And uh, again, just want to say thank you to Yuri for sticking with us through our technical difficulties earlier in the show. Well, my technical difficulties earlier. And for uh, being on the show with us here. We appreciate it a lot. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me again. And we can also wrap up by saying that you can... Uh, send your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, vgchypervoice at gmail.com. Uh, you can also tell your friends about us if uh, they'd be interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. Please let them know to come find us on the Hypervoice. You can find us on a variety of podcasting platforms. We're all over the place. Some of our highlight spots are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and um, remember to leave us a review there as well just to help us with visibility so that others can discover the show on those uh, platforms there. And you can also find us on uh, social media on Facebook and on Twitter at The Hypervoice. Lastly, you can follow the three of us personally on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka. Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Lexicon VGC. And Yuri, where can people follow you? You can follow me at YuriVGC. That's Yuri with two E's. Excellent. Thank you, the listener, so much for listening, and stay tuned for more of the Hypervoice. Alola. Alola. <laughs>